Bible Code 7, University of Spiritual Warfare. It's July 29, 2021. My, the 7th month of 2021 is almost ended. Agenda 2021, United Nations Agenda 2021, which they're calling Agenda 2030, is set in motion, and they are proceeding at warp speed. And this is the reason why we have what's going on going on today. And it seems as if the world is going crazy. And today we have a David versus Goliath warfare going on. We have already won this war. I want you to know that. But we have a few battles to fight. You don't quit, don't give in, don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season, if you don't quit, if you don't throw in the towel, we will reap. This is what the scripture tells us. We have a few battles to fight, and we have already been declared the winners of this warfare. Now, we're in a warfare right now, a warfare of light versus darkness, warfare of good versus evil, a warfare of the children of God versus the sons and the daughters of Satan. We are to employ a desire, and we are to employ a fire to go into this warfare. We are, to make, we are to make sure that our maintenance, our main focus is on our good health, our good well-being. That's supposed to be our key focus. Believe me, when you have a sick temple, when you have a sick body, you feel like garbage. You're not able to war as you should war. So seek to maintain optimum health, diet and exercise. So you're ready for warfare. Then after that, then learn the strategy of war. Don't believe that you can go out to warfare in a T-shirt and flip-flops. It won't work. Don't believe that you can just uh, uh, do as you feel to, like doing in warfare. It won't work. Warfare, warfare involves discipline. It involves what? Certain disciplines. You must be a disciplined person. Why? You are a disciple of Jesus Christ. And the wooden side of the word disciple is the word discipline. So you must be disciplined. And I encourage you to make sure that you are disciplined in doing what you're doing for Jesus. Now we are to understand also that the masters of deception, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, and also wicked worldly rulers, wicked worldly governors are in charge of this world. We are to understand that in their deception, they are trying to get you one side to oppose the other side. For like, for example, uh, political parties. Well, let me tell you something. These are two sides of the same coin. Don't you fall for that rubbish. Don't you fall for that. Jesus said, see that you be not deceived. And that's the number one thing that's going to be the deciding factor at the end of the age. That's the first thing he told his disciples. See that you be not deceived. Next thing I want you to understand is that our leaders today, our political leaders, presidents, prime ministers, senators, congressmen, governors, religious leaders, many of them, not all of them, they are a bunch of blind people leading 
blind people. Blind are leading the blind. And if blind people lead blind people, everybody's going to fall in the ditch. But guess what? Thank you, Jesus. We are not blind. We know who our, our Messiah is. We know how, who our leader is. We know how to follow him. His name is Jesus Christ. Number one. Number two, he gives us a template. He gives us a strategy. He gives us a blueprint. We got the Bible. And this is where we get Bible Code 7 from. We have a strategy of warfare that we follow in warring against the enemy and the wicked, wicked and evil people. The Bible says the heart of man is deceitful, and above all things it is desperately wicked, and who can know it? We're seeing today demonstrated before our eyes. Just watch your television. Go on the Internet and you can see it. Power, drunk, wicked leaders, wicked rulers, not only here in the U.S., but also across the nations of the world. Our rulers are wicked because they don't have Jesus. And if you don't have Jesus Christ and you can profess him and call his name, then you're wicked. Your rules are guided by Satan. They are controlled by the super rich, very super rich, the uber rich, who rules over the poor. So not because you see a president and a prime minister, senators and governments, the super rich behind the scenes control them. And most often they control them through black bail. They have different things that they have done, and they are black, being blackmailed. And this is a fact. So we are, we are seeing that this is what's going on in our world today. And you must choose your weapon, whether your weapon is going to be physical or spiritual. Well, we never encourage the choosing of physical weapons. But we do teach and preach and encourage the use of spiritual warfare. Choose the winning biblical strategy of warfare, winning every battle. And that's what we promote here, Bible Code 7. You cannot lose when you choose that winning strategy of Code 7. Bible Code 7 was sworn to by God himself. The Bible says that when God could find nobody greater, he swore by himself. And by the way, when he swore, or when he swears, God swears seven times. We are to understand that what we're coming up against today in this warfare, the bottom line is the love of money. The Bible says the love of money is the root cause of every evil under the sun. And I was teaching today, and I said next week what we're going to do, we're going to be following the money on the issue, on the chaos, and all of what this push is all about. All of what we see going on today. At the very root is what? Money. Wake up and smell the coffee. And if you, if you look and when you get the facts and you get the agenda, you will see it's all about money. This week has been an exciting week, as I said today. Very exciting. And I'm excited. I love the warfare. I love the thrill and the clash of battle. I love when I get up at night and I'm going into spiritual warfare. I love what I see. I love what I feel in the spirit. I love what I discern because I discern nothing but victory. Why? Because I'm using the everlasting word of God. I know that heaven and earth shall pass, but the words of God will never pass away. I know that the demons of hell cannot go above or beyond the word of God. When I use the it is written, Satan is struck down. 
He is like given a sucker punch, boom, in the solar plexus. He is just slumped to the floor. Why? Because it's the world of God. <clears throat> I told uh, our, our briefing today that I was born for such a time as this. I came in the kingdom for such a time as this. And you too, you were born and Jesus brought you into the kingdom for such a time as this. Don't believe you're an oddity. Don't believe that you're a wimp. Don't believe you're a pushover. That's why you are living in this age and day and time. But you see, you've got to be trained in warfare. Warriors are not born. They're trained. All right? You're not born a warrior. You're trained to become a warrior. And I want you to truly sense your moment. I want you to feel your moment. And I want you to see clearly your purpose in this life, that you are born for this moment. I, I am here for this moment. I am challenged by what I see here and, and what we're going through now. I am not refusing the challenge. I'm going to stand up to the challenge. I have a purpose here. God says, you have a purpose here today. And if you don't know what your purpose is, let me tell you what it is. The Bible says, if my people call by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins, and I'll heal the land. This is what you're called for. God says the land can only be healed through and by your prayers. You're releasing the word of the living God. We're called upon today to be a mission-driven in these tribulation moments. You have a mission. Your mission is not go to work and do your work and get a paycheck and then the, uh, that's it. Before, you look, before long, you look in the mirror and you say, where'd all that gray hair come from? Or why don't I have any hair on the top of my head? And before you know it, you find out that you have 50, 60, 70, 80 birthdays. What did you accomplish? You can't just go to work. Get up and live and say, well, I bought a new car and I got a house and 2.5 kids. No, or 2.5 grandchildren. That's not it. You need a mission from Jesus. And you must be mission-driven. You must be assignment-minded. Because Jesus has an assignment for you. That one day you stand before him, you must give an account. And as for me... I want to hear him tell me, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear anything else. I want to hear the commendation from Jesus, well done, good and faithful servant. Because if you don't hear that, you might hear something else. Depart from me, for I'm not even acquainted with you. Jesus said, many will come to me and stand before me in that day and say, well, Lord, didn't we build temples in your house? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we feed the poor and didn't we do this and that? And Jesus said, I will look at them and I will say unto them, depart from me. I'm not even acquainted with you. I don't know you. I want to know him. Yes. Not only do I want to know him, but I want to get my assignment, my marching orders. And I want to fulfill my God-given assignment. That's why I'm getting up in the morning. That's what motivates me. So we must be what? Mission-driven. You are on a mission, and it's not your job. It's not your J-O-B where you get your money from, wherever your company is or whether you work for yourself. No, 
You are on an assignment for Jesus Christ. Listen to him carefully and fulfill your assignment. You must hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Did you hear what I said? Not successful. He called you to be what? A good servant. And he called you to be a faithful servant. And if you're good and you're faithful, he will bring success to you. The Bible says, if you're faithful in a little, then it will give you much more. So seek to be faithful in doing what Jesus did. And seek to be good because what? God is good. Don't be afraid. I was telling uh, our briefing uh, uh, audience today that no man blows breeze or rolls the thunder. We've been hearing from the president and the government officials here and all the big shots, what they're going to do and what we have to do. And, oh, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. I say, oh, really? Well, stand up and tell these blowhards. No man, and you're a man, you can't blow the breeze or you can't roll the thunder. Only Jesus can do that no matter how you try. So no matter how you say what you're saying, we're not intimidated and we're not afraid of you. And I was teaching today and I was teaching the scripture and the Bible says these are dead men walking. Why are you afraid of a man who shall die? They're going to die. So when you look at them and they're talking all that stuff, just look at them and tell them you're a dead man walking. You're a dead man talking, just like Goliath. Whoa, and he was blustering and boasting and said, send me a man, send me a man. But Goliath didn't know that in a few moments he'd be a dead man, a dead corpse with his head chopped off. The little David would cut his head off. Ah. So don't be afraid. Don't be, don't be intimidated by these big shots and these big corporations and presidents and prime ministers and all these big boys, and they're talking. They put their pants on one foot at a time just like anybody else. And when their bodies die, when God kill them, their corpse will rot and stink like anybody else, like a dead dog. But they're talking loud and saying nothing. Don't be intimidated by them. Let them know you don't intimidate me. There's not one bone, not one hair of intimidation in me. I fear Jesus. I don't fear man. I respect man and I'll give respect to whom respect is due. If you come to me with respect, I'll respect you. But when you don't come and say what Jesus said in a fear manner and you come with all kind of nonsense to intimidate me, I will not respect you. And I'm not intimidated by you either. Jesus did not leave his church defenseless. He gave us the it is written. What is the it is written? The Bible says it's the sword of the spirit to wage war with. <clears throat> and I've taught you the past two weeks that every person who names the name of Jesus Christ is not to be at the tip of the spear. S-P-E-A-R, not despair, but you're not supposed to be at the tip of the spear. You're not supposed to be upon the edge of the sword, fearing that who holds the sword is going to pull it and chop you, or who holds the spear is going to push it and penetrate you. No, we're not at the tip of the spear. A Christian is never at the tip of the spear. A Christian holds the spear. And a Christian holds the sword. 
the handle of the sword. And we got the demons of hell on the edge of the sword. We got the wicked on the edge of the sword. And I'm going to show you in a moment. <clears throat> we hold the sword of the Spirit. And we wage war with the sword. And this is a Holy Ghost given firepower. Holy Ghost bullets and Holy Ghost bombs. What is that? The scripture, baby. The scripture, baby. The Holy Ghost gave the scriptures. And I know some people, you know, they've been Christians for a long time. They've been taught they're so nice. They don't like warfare and they don't like hearing about God, you know, killing <laughs> you. Some, oh, well, I won't get into it right now because I'm going to say it. But when you, uh, 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 David asked God to do certain things to his enemies, they don't like to hear that. They get squeamish. Well, we can't say that, you know, because, uh, well, let me tell you something. It's either you going to die or your grandchildren or your children going to die or the wicked going to die. Pick your choice. The Bible says that all scripture, not some scripture, all scripture, every scripture, is given under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and is profitable for doctrine, for teaching, for reproof, for correction and instructions in righteousness. You hear what I'm saying to you? That was one of the key things the Lord told me when he took me back into the Bible. And he started teaching me spiritual warfare because nothing was working out for me as a Christian. And when he took me back in the Bible, I remember what I was taught by good men and women, well-intentioned. When they taught you, for example, you couldn't read or declare Psalm 109. And I said, why? Because if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it. That's how hard-headed and stubborn I was as a child. You didn't give me a reason why. And what you told me was not enough. So I went to the Lord and I checked it out himself, from my, for myself. And I checked it out from him. And when he showed me, I said, whoa, this is unreal. I said, I've been taught some bad stuff. I've got some bad stuff in my computer, in my brain that don't belong there. No wonder the church is kept back in a certain way. It's like in the days of slavery. They taught the slaves. They say, hey, obey, be obedient to your masters and obey those in authority over you. They didn't tell them that you obey those who are godly leaders who are following Jesus Christ. They didn't tell you, follow me, Paul said, as I follow Jesus Christ because I'm following Jesus. No, they told it from their perspectives. By the way, then this is supposed to be a joke, okay? They used the Bible to sell Honda back when. That's correct. There was a brand of Honda called an Accord. And they used to say that, and they were all gathered together in the, in, the, in the upper room, all 120, in one accord. That's Honda, the Honda Accord. And they used it to sell Honda. So people can use the Bible to do anything. Didn't Satan use the Bible to test Jesus and say, go ahead, Jesus, throw yourself off that building. It is written. He has given his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. But he left out a portion to keep you in all your ways. Is it in your way to go on high buildings and throw yourself down? No. So don't listen to certain people. Make sure you know the scripture for yourself.
Know that the scripture is given under the end breathing, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And I bring you to Psalm Isaiah 51 today. <clears throat> Isaiah 51, let's look at 12. It says, yes, again, Isaiah 5.1. Isaiah, the book of Isaiah 51.12. And the Lord God says, yes, I, yes, I, I'm the one who comforts you. Why are you afraid of mere humans who wither like the grass and disappear? Huh? I'm your comforter. I'm your keeper. Why are you afraid of mere men? I don't care if they're billionaires. I don't care if they're the president. I don't care if you're a prime minister. You're going to mandate and dictate and treat me like a little boy and tell me stuff that is against God, against Jesus? Well, let me tell you something, buddy. We ought to obey God. We ought to obey Jesus and not man. Why are you afraid of a man who's a mere human, who will wither like the grass and disappear? Yet you have forgotten the Lord. You have forgotten Jesus, your creator, the one who stretched out the sky like a canopy and laid the foundations of the earth. You forget Jesus and you're afraid of a man, a stinking man that if you don't take a bath, he'll stink. Mm. Will you remain in constant dread of human oppressions or oppressors? Will you be in constant fear of man who wants to oppress you? I don't fear oppressors. I don't fear men. Will you continue to fear the, aim, the anger of your enemies? Will you continue to fear the anger? You're, so your enemies, your Goliaths getting mad. Are you afraid of Goliaths talking all that stuff? That's God, that's God talking to you. This is God asking. Are you going to continue to fear the anger of your enemies? Are you going to be a continue to fear Goliaths and how Goliath is raging? Where is their fury and their anger now? <laughs> And God says it is gone. Soon all your captives will be released. It's the word of God. All Goliath's captives will be released. Imprisonment, starvation, and death will not be your fate. Did you hear that? God says you will not be imprisoned. You will not starve. And you will not die. It will not be your fate. And by the way, do you believe this? Do you receive it? You see, if you don't receive the word of God, if you don't believe the word of God, the message of God, the Bible says God sent his word to heal and save from destruction. But if you don't receive it, if you don't believe it, I can lead you to water. But if you don't drink it, even though you're thirsty and you're dying of thirst, it ain't going to do you no good. I've often taught you that I can wipe your nose to you if I have to. But I can't blow your nose for you. Lead you to water, can't make you drink. Wipe your nose for you, but can't blow your nose for you. So here again, God says, soon, all you captives will be released. All of you that they tried to captivate, God says, I'll set you free. Don't worry about it. You'll be released. You will be released because I'm going to kill all those who want to enslave you and dominate over you. Imprisonment, starvation, and death will not be your fate. For I am the Lord your God, 
who stirs up the sea, causing its waves to roar. My name is the Lord of heaven's armies, and I have put my words in your mouth. Whoa! Stop right there. Stop right there. Isaiah 51 and 16. God says to tell you, I have put my words in your mouth and hidden you safely in my hand. I could close this teaching tonight based on that. The word of God in your mouth. The words of God in your mouth. And that makes you hidden safely in his hand. Let me read that again. Isaiah 51, 16. And I have put my words in your mouth and hidden you safely in my hand. He goes on, he says, I stretched out the sky like a canopy and laid the foundations of the earth. I am the one who says to Israel, you are my people. And he's talking to spiritual Israel, which we are. We are the chosen of God. We are the children of God through Jesus Christ. We are the elect of God. And I want you to know that this word is yours. And especially when God says, I put my words in your mouth. What do you do with the words of God in your mouth? You war with it, buddy. You declare it with confidence and say, this is the way it's going to go. I don't the prime ministers and presidents and blustering fools. You're a bunch of fools. Like Nebuchadnezzar was a fool. God will respond to these fools. He will not give his glory to anyone else. Jesus, who is God, will get all the glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? All glory must go to Jesus. All glory, all honor, and all praise must be given and lavished upon Jesus. When Jesus responds, it will be a furious response to his enemies. The Bible says, and you are to understand this, that Jesus Christ is going to respond furiously. The Bible says, kiss the son. This is Psalm number two. Kiss the son. Who's the son? Jesus Christ. Kiss the son lest he be get angry. Lest he gets angry and you perish from the way of life. Kiss him. Make peace with him. Because if you don't, he will get what? Angry. And you will what? Perish. He'll kill you. Perish means you die and go to hell. No, you will perish from the way of life. Well, they didn't kiss Jesus. So guess what? His anger now explodes upon the wicked who sets it off. They did. They did not make peace with Jesus. And these are our political leaders. These are the guys that you see and you hear in the media today. These are the guys that are telling you what you must do and what you got to do and blustering and talking like a bunch of fools. Never talking about Jesus. And you know the sad part about it, that God says the wicked, Hmm? Don't they never learn? And what do they do? They eat up God's people like they eat bread. And they will never call upon God. What an indictment. The wicked eats up, chews up God's people 
like they eat bread. Do you know why? God's people allows them to do so. They sit there like a frog on a log, and they don't fight back. Well, let me tell you something. I know when I get to coding, I know what God does. Because God shows me what he does. What he does. Have you seen China lately? I've been talking to God about for several months now. Several months ago, Mr. Z, president of China, tore down all the pictures of Jesus. You know, on the calendar, they got pictures of Jesus with a thing around his heart. And they put Z's picture up there and say, you worship Z, don't worship Jesus. Well, have you seen China lately? Have you seen the aftermath of the massive floods, the dead pigs, the chicken, the cattle, and the people? Thousands of people have died in China, not to mention how many pigs and chicken and cattle have died in the floods. No crops can be grown. People are walking through water anywhere from a foot deep to three, four feet deep. Flooding all over China. Massive damages. Millions of people are homeless. There's going to be an outbreak of disease. Everything is water. Dysentery. No fresh water to drink. Hmm? They can't even start a fire. Millions of people. Well, let's look at the western half of America. Drought and extremely high temperatures up to 122 degrees. No, I'm not talking about Death Valley, Nevada. I'm talking about in Washington, Oregon, where the climate's supposed to be temperate. And there is a locust invasion on top of all that. Look at the drought map, USA, and you'll see half of the country, total drought, no rain. Well, it has begun. God is a great bone crusher, you know. Yes, God crushes bones. And he's a fantastic skull cracker. Yes, he cracks skull too. And this is what you need to know and understand. And this is what the Bible tells us. God crushes bones. He breaks people's bones and he cracks skulls. He renders the right vengeance all the time to the wicked people. And don't tell me God is not a bone crusher and a skull cracker. He cracks skulls. And when he does it, it's the right thing to do. Vengeance belongs to him. He will do the payback. And understand that this is war. We're in a warfare. We're in a struggle for our lives. We're to be stop being nice and get spiritually aggressive and angry with the wicked and wickedness because God is angry with the wicked every single day. God is angry with not only wickedness, but he's angry with the wicked people. Every day. How about you? Are you angry with the wicked, just like God? Well, if you don't, well, you need to. I gave you my testimony already when 1988, I was attacked by the devil, and the Lord called me one day. I was having a pity party, and he told me, get up and go read your Bible, boy. I got up and I started reading my Bible. I was a young Christian. And I got to Psalm 91, because, you know, as an atheist, I was coming in from the cold, and as an atheist, I, I used to read the book of Psalms, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Well, I read the Psalms, and I got to Psalm 91, and I said, wait a minute now. 
You mean, God, you promised me all this, and I'm not having that? I'm a Christian. I believe in you now. Why don't I have this? Well, I read it again. And as I read it again, I got a fire, a little fire of anger started burning in me. And I read it again and again. And that anger began to blaze in me. I was blazing angry. And I began to read it with blazing anger. In less than two weeks, all the attacks of the enemy, the crawling in my head and the crawling all over my body, snakes wrapping around my legs, the foul and unclean odors that I was spent, spider waves all over my face, all of the demonic things I was going through, the nightmares I was seeing at night, all that went away. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I'm giving you my testimony, what the living hell that I went through. Nobody knows. And let me say that say me let me say this that if if you're going through a living hell, like someone wrote me a letter and told me what they're going through, nobody knows what you're going through, but if you're going through a living hell, you're going through a living nightmare like I went through. I know what you you're, you're going through. I don't I don't belittle what you're going through. I'm telling you how to escape, how to come out from there. I'm telling you how to beat the devil hands down using the word of God. I'm telling you how to beat the witches and the warlocks because behind everything of the devil, there is a sorcerer, a witch, or a warlock. Let me go to Psalm 58 and, and, and show you that God is a bone crusher <laughs> and a skull breaker. Psalm 58 verse 6 says, break their teeth. Oh God, in your mouth, break out the great teeth of the young lions. <laughs> break their teeth, Lord. He's a teeth breaker. And God talk about he'll smite them on the cheekbone. The cheekbone is part of the skull. And when you smite them on the cheekbone, you, he'll crack your skull. And he goes on to say, and he says, let them melt as waters which run continually. Let them vanish as water that flows away. When they draw the bow, let their arrows be made blunt. Let their arrows be cut in pieces. Huh? And he says, as a snail which melts, let every one of them pass away. What does that mean? Let them die like the untimely birth of a woman that they may not see the sun. In other words, God, kill them. Does that sound nice? Well, you better believe it sounds nice because it's either them or you. And by the way, again, for you squeamish people, this is the scripture given by the Holy Spirit. God himself to man and said, when you men come back to me with these words, then I'll do what you ask me to do. I'll spare your life and I'll kill your enemies. Let them be like a snail which melts and passes away, like the stillborn, stillborn child who has not seen the sun. Before your pots can feel the heat of the thorns, he will sweep away the green and the burning alike. The righteous shall rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked. Hold it right here. Are you sure you're reading the right stuff? Let me read it again. Isaiah 58 and verse 10. 
The righteous shall rejoice when he sees the vengeance of God. In other words, God, let me see your vengeance upon my enemies. Let me see the vengeance of God upon the wicked. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked. Well, I wouldn't advise anybody to go that far, but I've read articles that when an enemy has been killed, people normally go and they put their hand in the blood and they dip it in the blood and they wipe it on their feet. Where did they get that from? I guess it comes from the scripture. He'll wash his feet in the blood of the wicked. So when there's a wicked man, they seek to get some of his blood or go to get their shoes. They take off their slippers and they put it in his blood, dip it in his blood. They put it back on. They trample on his blood. So that man shall say most assuredly there is a reward for the righteous. Most assuredly, there is a God who judges the earth. Yes, God, you will vindicate me. Yes, there is a righteous God who judges the earth. God will come true for you. Jesus will come true for you. By the way, you know what the Bible says that Jesus is going to do this in Revelation 19? The Bible says Jesus is coming back to judge and to make war. The Bible also says in that scripture that Jesus Christ's vesture will be dipped in blood. What do you mean his vesture would be dipped in blood? It means that blood will spatter and splatter all over his clothing. Whose blood? His enemy's blood. Your enemy's blood. He is going to waste them. He is going to kill them. He is going to destroy them. And their blood shall be all over his garments. Do you understand that? Why is there so much anger? Rage against the wicked people in God's holy Bible. Why is God so angry? Why is the word of God directed against the wicked people in the holy Bible and in in his words? The answer is God is angry with the wicked every single day. Why? Because the wicked belong to Satan. The wicked are under the control of Satan. The wicked watches God's righteous children and seeks to kill them. God says, you eat up my people like you eat bread. You harm my children, just like Cain looked at righteous Abel and killed him. So are you looking to kill my children? I will not allow you to do that. But you see, there are times when God's people will do nothing. And because you do nothing, God can do nothing. You don't call on God and allow God to answer and show you great and mighty things which you know not of. You don't call on God. Now let God answer and vindicate you. You do nothing. Just like the church in the book of Acts 12, they did nothing. That power drunk, the tyrant Herod grabbed James the elder and butchered him, and nothing happened. The church did nothing until he grabbed Peter and said, Peter, you're next. And the church began to pray without ceasing, and God sent an angel. 
I always like to remind you of that. Now I always like to say, well, God, why didn't you do something for James? Because you did nothing. You didn't call on me. We didn't implore God for safety and safekeeping. I will not be indicted for doing that. I will never be a part of a church that does not call upon the Lord. That's why I teach Bible Code 7, because the Lord gave that to me. He gave me the strategy of warfare that says, you call on me. You release my word and let me bring about vengeance. You shall see my vengeance upon your enemies. Your enemies are too strong for you, Norman. You can't fight them. Norman, you don't even know who your enemies are, but I do. You think that John Brown might be your enemy, Norman. John Brown is not your enemy. Your enemy might be somewhere halfway around the world. Your enemy might be one big billionaire sitting up somewhere in New York City in a penthouse. And you don't know. But you call on me and use my word and I'll take care of that enemy for you. And you will see my vengeance on your enemies. This is what God wants us to do. That's why he gave us Bible Code 7, the strategy of warfare, utilizing his word. I just released Psalm 58 for you. And I'm going to Psalm 59 also. And it says, rescue me from my enemies, O God. He says, protect me from those who have come to destroy me. Rescue me from these criminals. Save me from these murderers. They have set an ambush for me. Fierce enemies are out there waiting, Lord. Though I have not sinned or offended them. Stop right there. You mean you did nothing, but they're out there to ambush you? That's right. But the scripture says, I did not offend them. I didn't do anything. Well, let's go back to the Bible. The Bible says that the wicked, they eat up God's people like they eat bread. The wicked watches God's righteous people and seeks to kill them. Cain killed Abel for what? Cain's offering and his worship to God was rejected. Cain couldn't see God to kill God. So what did Cain do? He saw the next the closest thing to God. Envy and jealousy and rage filled him. What did he do? He grabbed Abel, took a rock, or some derivative of a rock, a piece of stick, a club, whatever, and he killed innocent Abel. But I've taught you before that blood has a big mouth to scream in the ears of God, and the earth also has a big mouth to open up and swallow up people. Blood has a very loud voice screaming in the ears of God. Innocent blood cries in the ears of God. Well, let me tell you something. I would rather cry in the ears of God myself with my mouth than to have my blood crying in the ears of God. You see, my mouth can not only cry and sing praises to God. Hmm? 
but I can ask God for vengeance. I can make requests on behalf of myself and many other people. But a dead man, a dead righteous man, his blood will cry out to God for vengeance, just like Abel's blood cried out to God, and he cried out for vengeance. So which would you rather have, your blood crying out to God or your mouth crying out to God? I'd rather have my mouth crying out to God. And that's where I was going to be till Jesus comes. Why? Because I got the scripture. I got the answer now. I know how to do it. So, they have set an ambush to me. Fierce enemies are out there waiting, Lord. I have not sinned or offended them. I've done no wrong. Yet they prepare to attack me. Wake up, Lord. See what is happening and help me. O Lord God of heaven's armies, God of Israel, wake up, punish those hostile nations. Show no mercy to wicked traitors. They come out at night snarling like vicious dogs as they prowl the streets. Do you know why they come out at night? The freaks come out at night. By the way, that was a song back when, in the disco years. The freaks come out at night. But they come out at night because they're under the prince of darkness, the ruler of the darkness of this world, Satan. So they come out at night, and they snarl like vicious dogs. You know? The Bible says vicious dogs. You know why it says dogs? Dogs return to their vomit. There's no hope for these men. There's no hope for these people. He called, the Bible calls them dogs, vicious dogs. They're evil dogs. Dogs, they will never come to the Lord. They will never come. And even if they come and they are numbered among you, they'll go right back to the vomit. They're dogs. A dog returns to his vomit. So they have a dog nature. They're evil. The evil nature cannot be changed. They prowl the streets. Listen to the filth that comes from their mouths. Their words cut like swords. Did you hear that? The words that we speak, which is the sword of the Spirit, is the word like God, the word of God. Their words cut like swords. They speak evil, wicked words under the jurisdiction of Satan. And their words are killing words. Their words cut like swords. You know, when I was a little boy, we used to have this thing, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. How wrong we were. I never knew that words could hurt and wound and kill until I became a Christian and began to study the word of the living God. I did not know that witches and warlocks curse with words. The Bible says here that their words cut like swords, words of witches, words of warlocks. Evil people can cut you like a sword. How are you going to counter these swords, these wicked words? How are you going to counter it? 
me ask you the question, with what will you counter the words of the wicked, the leaders of the darkness of this world? How will you counter their words which cut like swords and avoid these words cutting you, your husband, your wife, your children, and your grandchildren? How will you avoid the cuts from these words which are sharp like swords? Bible Code 7 gives you the answer. He goes on, he says, after all, who can hear us? They snare. Who can hear us? Nobody can see us. Nobody can hear us. But Lord, you laugh at them. You scoff at all the hostile nations. You are my strength, Lord. I wait for you to rescue me. For you, O oh God, are my fortress. In his unfailing love, my God will stand with me. He will let me look down and triumph on all my enemies. Then he goes, he says, don't kill him, Lord. But my people soon forget such lessons. Stagger them with your power. In other words, play with them, Lord. Have you ever seen a cat catch a rat? And he doesn't kill the rat right away. He plays with it. Huh? He imperils it, and he lets it run and think it got away, and he chases it down, he pounces on it, and he plays a game with it until he finally, it, kill, it just dies. Oh, uh, the psalmist says, the Lord gave him, he said, don't kill him, Lord. My people, they soon forget when you kill him like that, such lessons. In other words, God showed him a lesson. <clears throat> Stagger them with your power. Bring them to their knees. Don't kill him, Lord. <coughs> Stagger them. Make him like drunk, you know? They're strong. They're boastful. They're proud. They're walking tall and they walk like a mighty, massive giant. Stagger them so they'll walk like they're drunk. Then bring them to their knees, Lord. <laughs> they make them crawl. They can't walk anymore in two feet. Let them crawl. And let them crawl before you, Jesus, and beg. And he says, oh, Lord, our shield, because of the sinful things they say, because of the evil that is on their lips, let them be captured by their own pride. The Bible says pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. So in other words, God, bring him down. Don't kill him. And I've seen people who are proud and wicked. I've seen them come down where they go on a bed of languishing. And when they come down, they dwindle down and they became skin and bones. And they dwindle down to nothing. And I've seen people die in their houses. And how do people know that they're dead? Because the crows gather around their houses. And you look at these people, they're once proud. They thought they were so hot. They thought they were so, oh, my God. You should, you should know the amount of people. Even young ladies, they were so boastful. They were so proud. They looked so pretty. They looked like they carried on as if they were so. And then when something happened, 
they went into a vegetative or a comatose state. And when they came out, all the beauty was gone. And everything was gone. And they looked like, oh, my God, let me tell you something. Pride is a wicked thing, you know. I'm telling you, pride is a wicked thing. And here the psalmist is saying, God, don't kill them. Let my people, you know, let them remember something. Because if you kill them, they'll forget the lessons. But God, stagger them with your power. Bring them to their knees, God. Say, in other words, they're walking strong, then stagger them. Let them stagger. They can't hardly walk. Then bring them down a little lower. Let them crawl on their knees. Because of the sinful things they say, because of the evil that is on their lips, let them be captured by their pride. Let their own pride be a snare and a trap to them. Their own curses and their lies. So the pride, their curses and their lies, let it wrap them, let it ensnare them. Let it capture them. Let it be a snare to them. Bring them down, God. Put them on a bed of languishing. You're up this time, and you'll come down, 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 dwindle down, and dwindle down, and dwindle down. Why? Because you're proud. It goes before destruction in the heart, your spirit before a fall. And it says, destroy them in your anger. Wipe them out completely then the whole world will know that God reigns in Israel. My enemies come out at night snarling like vicious dogs as they prowl the streets. They scavenge for food, but go to sleep unsatisfied. They will be hungry. Famine will reach them. Don't let them get food, Lord. These enemies of mine are your enemies. Vengeance belongs to you, Lord, and you will do the payback. And the psalmist goes on and he closes out the psalm in verse 16. He says, as for me, Lord, I will sing about your power. In other words, I'll praise your power, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Each morning I will sing with joy about your unfailing love. For you have been my refuge, my hiding place, a place of safety when I am in distress. Oh, my strength, to you I sing praises. To you, O oh God, you are my refuge, the God who shows me unfailing love. Did you see that? What? Do we have to counter and overcome and destroy the wicked? We got a greater weapon. We got greater ammunition. We got greater bombs. We got greater devices. What do we got? We got the spiritual nuclear option. We got the word of God. We got the sword of the spirit. Now, let me tell you something now. This is Psalm 59, and I gave you a portion of Psalm 58. When we pray this as a child of God and call these words to God in, in his ears, which he gave us, <clears throat> 
and told us, this is my word. And we give that word back to him. What do you think he is going to do? But the Bible tells us that God watches over his words to bring it into performance. What do you think God will do? And he knows our enemies, and he knows we are his children, and he knows we are not depending on guns and bullets and physical enemy, and he knows that our enemies are very strong and we cannot overcome our enemies. He knows our enemies are prime ministers and presidents and government officials and billionaires, and he knows what they can do and what they cannot do because, you see, they have a certain amount of wicked power, wicked authority. The Bible calls it thrones of iniquity, thrones of wickedness. They make wicked laws, just like Nebuchadnezzar. He made a law. If you don't bow at my golden image and worship my golden image, you'll burn in the fire. Daniel, if you don't stop calling on God for the next 30 days and don't call on any other God but me, I'll put you in the lion's den. What do you do when wicked kings and wicked tyrants rulers, drunk on power, begin to say things to make you starve and to make you uh, shut up in a corner and make you uh, shut down? They want to break you. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to break you. They try to intimidate you and drive fear in you. It's part of your breaking. By the way, when you read the history of the nations, this is how they break horses. You know, they put a saddle on them and they break horses. And this is how they break the slaves. A, a, a stubborn slave or a resistant slave, that ways of breaking that slave to make him conform. Well, let me tell you something. The nation's leaders, the world's leaders today are trying to break the Christians. That's what they're trying to do. The darkness is trying to break the light. The believers in Jesus Christ, they're trying to break us. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Wickedness and evil is trying to break the righteous. They're trying to eat up the righteous like they eat bread. This is nothing else that they're trying to do but that. This is what the Bible tells us they would try to do. They're trying to make us conform and bend and break through intimidation and fear. But guess what? We will not be intimidated. We will not fear. Greater is he who is in us than they who is in the world. Greater power lives in me. Jesus lives in me. The God lives in me. God of the armies of heaven lives in me. This is his word. This is what he gives me to fight with. I don't know anything else, and I have nothing else. When I fight with this, all he has to do is dispatch an angel. One angel will do the job. And everything that this word says, when he asks him, God, don't kill him. Just make him stagger. Because if you kill him, it's going to be too, too quick. I don't want to see my enemies die too quick. Don't kill him. First, make them stagger. They walk firm like a soldier, then make them stagger like they're drunk weak and feeble. And then after you make them stagger, Lord, bring them to their knees. Let them crawl. Let them grovel. Then put them on a bed of languishing. Let them go out and be like a dog in the street groveling for food. And when they can't find no food, let them go to bed hungry. 
And by the way, this is not my desire for the adversary. This is the word of God, what the word says. Don't get squeamish now. Don't, don't get squeamish. Go back to the word and study the word. And anything the word says, Norman says the same thing. I am in line and in league with the word of God. If the word of God says, God, just do it this way, I am in league with that. I'm not pulling against God. No. And I taught you that already. When God told Moses, Moses, look at all those Egyptians, 600 chariots, two men to a chariot, 1,200 men coming across the Red Sea. You know what they're coming to do? They're coming to kill you and take you back to be slaves in Egypt. Moses, stretch out your rod. Moses would have said, Lord, I don't want to kill all those men. Oh, I can't do it, Lord. I can't do it and kill all those people. Uh, not me. God says, stretch out your rod, Norman. I do so with great delight, Lord. Norman, use this word against your enemies. Yes, Lord, I'm going to use it with great delight because somebody's going to die. But it ain't going to be me. It won't be my sweet little wife. It won't be my children or my grandchildren either. And it won't be the flock of God that I watch over either. And it won't be, and I pray for all the believers in Jesus Christ across the world, that anything the wicked are trying to do, God, let them dig a nice, deep, wide pit. But let them fall in that pit and not your children. I use the word, baby. I know the power of the word. And I'm not squeamish. I study this word. I read different versions of the Bible. I study this word. I do word studies. When I do word study, I say, wow. And last but not least, this is what Bible Code 7 is all about. We use the word. We weaponize the word. We use the word of God as a weapon. This is my uh, uh, defensive weapon. This is my offensive weapon. I'm on the offense with the weapon, the word of God. When I find the scripture and the Holy Spirit leads me to the scripture and he tells me what to release, like he told me to release this tonight, I know that because of the incidences and what is going on behind the scenes, uh, what has transpired this week, I know what it's on. It's, it's, a, it's a witch hunt for the believers. Darkness is rising up against light, the Christians. I don't, I, I, I'm not into politics and I don't call names and I'm not into political parties and all that stuff, but I know when the devil is rising up and I know what's going on. I know that all of what you see going on out there and what's behind the scenes, the reset with Mr. Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and all the billionaires, the rich ruling over the poor, this is what they're doing, the Satanists, the globalists, the World Council. They're all conglomerated. They're all confederated. There's an alliance. And who is the alliance against? Is it some kind of a national No, 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 no. Wake up and smell the coffee. It's against the believers. It's the Satan, sons of Satan, the Satanists, against the believers in Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? And if you don't learn how to war, and release the sword of the Spirit, and get aggressive, get angry, you're going to succumb. Will you go to heaven? Of course you're going to go to heaven, because you believe in Jesus Christ. But guess what? You'll die a premature death, because it's not God's intention and God's will for you to die right now. God has an assignment for you. God has a mission for you. 
He has a mission for me, and my mission is to train you in warfare because we are going to stay alive and healthy and strong until Jesus returns and then be caught up to meet him in the air. We're going to be alive and remaining till Jesus comes. That's our assignment. We do know that Agenda 21 starts, it's a 10-year plan, a master plan, that in 10 years this world is going to be totally given over to Satan. Their agenda will be recognized. They will reduce this world's population. They say that there are three times too many people on the, uh, on the face of this earth. So what are they trying to do? Two-thirds of the planet, of the population of the world, they're trying to reduce. It's a depopulation agenda. That's why Jesus said, if he does not intervene on behalf of his chosen people, no flesh will be saved. So you better wake up and smell the coffee that this is a depopulation agenda, what we see going on out in your world today. And I don't care what your previous bishop told you. I've got the scripture right here. This is what Jesus said. Without his intervention, no flesh will be saved. What does that mean? Mass genocide across the world. And what did he say, by the way? Such as the world has never seen before, nor will there be after. Has the world seen anything like this? World War One, World War Two? No. Never affected the whole world. But look at what we got here with COVID, affecting the whole world. Everything is affecting the entire world. That's how you know the tribulation has begun. So, again, how do you preserve yourself? How do you keep yourself and your family? Because there must be a welcoming party, the bride of Christ to welcome Jesus home. There must be a people who will go through great tribulation. We are that people. But how do you go through? What strategy, what blueprint will you use to go through? Because you can't go through by the seat of your pants. That's why God gave us Bible Code 7, the method of warfare by the weaponization of the Word of God. Now I want you to have a full understanding of what Code 7 warfare is all about. As I always do, I ask everyone, go to BibleCode7.com.org, whichever one you choose, or go to Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. And if you don't like to read, like most people don't like to read, you're too busy, get a download, iBooks, eBooks, Kindle. There are four published topics through Bible Code 7. Any one of those topics, you can get them. The Hundredfold, that's the first book through Bible Code 7. Spells out everything about Code 7 in the Bible. From Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Tells you everything. Why Code 7? Gives you proof of Code 7. Second book is Master Key Strategies of Spiritual Warfare. So when you engage in spiritual warfare, you're warring to win. I give you the seven master keys of spiritual warfare that when employed, not if employed, but when employed, guarantee you victory from cradle to, get, to grave. Born again, cradle, until Jesus comes and take you home. You'll never lose a battle. Why? Because the word of God is your guarantee of God. Jesus will never fail. My third topic is escaping the ultimate deception counterfeit 
So many counterfeits are out there in the world today. So much deception. Do you know about all the deceptions that are going on? I teach you these deceptions that are ensnaring so many Christians. They're causing them to go off track, derailed. I show you these deceptions. I teach them to you. They're not every deception, but they're the major ones. And you need to be aware of them so that even when church leaders come with these deceptions, you say, ah, I know that this one is a false prophet. The book of Jude warned me about this one that have crept into the church unawares. And the last topic was more current. It says escaping uh, the new world order and the one world Babylon. Do you know that they want to bring the world into a one world government just like the Bible says? That's right. One world government is a one world Babylon because how did everything start? It started with Babylon. What does Babylon mean? Babylon means confusion. They're bringing the world into a one world confusion. And this is what is going on today. And this is what they're trying to accomplish. But we're not part of the world system. We're not part of that world. We are part of the kingdom. And my books appeal to those people who are not a part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to come into the kingdom, be a part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus is king in that kingdom and he is your Lord, he is your Savior, he is guaranteed and he is obligated to protect you and preserve you. And you will be preserved and protected until he returns to get you. He gives you a strategy how to keep yourself. So no famine can touch you. No war can touch you. Disease can't touch you. Nothing shall by any means harm you. Shows you how to come out of all of the lack and the insufficiencies that you had. And come into better. Better must come to you. And I teach you how to do that. How to bring it better. Make it better. True Bible Code 7. So check out those books. Amazon, Barnes and Numbles. Get some books for a friend, family member. Get an audio download. Help somebody to learn and help somebody to grow in the Lord and become victorious. Stop being a righteous loser and being, become a righteous winner. True Bible Code 7. And I say that because I was saved and in the church and I was a loser. The devil attacked me and I didn't know how to fight. Didn't know how to ward off the devil and ward off his blows. And he was making mincemeat out of me until I learned warfare that Jesus showed me. Code 7 warfare. And this is what I'm teaching you. So may the Lord bless you tonight. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. But now until he returns, have yourself a fabulous, fabulous night.